0: Would you join me in the prayer for illumination as it's printed in your bulletin and on the wall? Lord Jesus, life is confusing. I can find peace in so many people and places in your world. I also find places of upset and no peace. You offer me something deeper, the peace beyond understanding that Paul knew in a prison cell. Let me hear your words of peace today Empower me daily to be mindful of your presence and your peace in my life. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your earnings for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food.
1: Joyce forgot some of our scripture. I'll read it, and then I'll do Yeah. She uh, forgot to include the Philippian scripture, so let me pull it up. She must have had her mind on turkey, too. The second part of our reading is from Philippians chapter 4, a word that is familiar to us from the apostle Paul. And he writes, "I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with in whatever circumstance. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty." I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. We've spent the past three weeks in a sermon series entitled, More Than Enough, reminded of God's blessings. We have talked about crafting our lives in such a way that our priorities are evident. We have been talking about our own personal lives in these weeks. But today, we are going to talk about how we live with intention as a faith community. We are blessed today to receive a new member during our worship service. Shar Pope will be received. Shar has already begun living her faith life at St. Paul's with intention. She has been a participant in our Tuesday evening small group. She has served the church by playing piano for us. And somehow we even talked her into serving on a committee you know that we as United Methodists believe that the 11th commandment is thou shalt commit." As often as we preach about living with intentionality when it comes to our own personal lives, those same sorts of expectations apply to us within the church. When Shar becomes a member today, when we all became members of this church, we took membership vows. We took vows that we would be present with our prayers, our presence, our service, our gifts, and our witness. We are called to, and we vow to, share our own faith stories and witness to the fact that we believe in the power of God to help us to turn from all that is evil and to accept the freedom and the power that God gives us to resist evil and to fight injustice and oppression In whatever form they may take. As we take these membership vows, we confess our belief in Jesus Christ and in the faith that we profess. These are not hollow words that we speak, these are beliefs and the foundations that we build our churches on. The church, God's church is built on these foundations, yet, God's church is not a place, not a building, it is a people. So if God's church is us, built on our beliefs, vowing to live out our faith through presence, prayer, service, gifts, and witness, how are we doing? If the church's business is to make disciples, deepen personal faith and discipleship, baptize in Jesus' name, how are we doing? If we, ourselves, are called into the disciple-making process, how are we doing? I thought that we could spend this day this day where we stand in the shadow of thanksgiving, and we could give thanks for the ways in which your fulfillment of your vows lead to ministry completed in this church. This church has been in ministry for almost 200 years, and we stand in this place. We are called to be present here in this community, Our vows call for our presence, presence here in worship, presence in small groups, presence in mission work, presence in caring ministries. Over the past several years, we have been challenged by what it means to be present in worship. As we went through the COVID pandemic, many of our buildings were closed. We had to experience worship in strange places, maybe in our living room, maybe in our cars, maybe outdoors, but we rest assured that the Spirit of God is always present with us wherever we gather, and we were able to continue to worship through creative ways. And then we were called to begin our cooperative parish. There have been times that we have been invited to be present in worship, but not here in our sanctuary. We have been invited to join in worship with our brothers and sisters in their homes, in their sanctuaries. Pastor Amy and I thank each of you who have attended these combined worship services. We try to keep them to a minimum because we understand you want to worship in your home church. But we also thank you for your understanding that God is present in worship wherever you may find yourself physically. Worship is central to our faith life. It is where we draw our strength. It is where we come to praise and give thanks to God and to seek God's direction. It is also where we find community. My goal as your pastor is to create a genuine community, a place where you can come and show your weaknesses and vulnerabilities, a place where you will be accepted, a soft, safe place to land. And I thank you for being that for one another. There's a song that I love that says, take me to the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on, to the faith that's in my bones. Take me back to a preacher and a verse where they've seen me at my worst, to the love I had at first. I want to go to church. The church on its very best days is a living and breathing glimpse of God to love people when they present their worst selves is an act of grace the kind of grace that we have been given thank you for offering grace to others and being a safe place your presence is noted most in worship but there are so many other times that you show up for the church presence and serving on committees and mission opportunities small groups youth events, vacation Bible school, cooking, and serving. These are all opportunities for the church to be the church in a tangible way. All of these things would not happen were it not for your presence. The administration of our church wouldn't happen were it not for your presence, especially in the United Methodist Church. In the United Methodist Church, laity is an integral part of things because this is your church. They could call tomorrow, I could leave, and what would remain would be your church. You make decisions, you serve on committees, you attend church conference and vote on local church budgets and leadership. You send delegates to annual conference and general conference to make decisions for the greater church. You vote on the very people and things that make us United Methodists. That is the way that our denomination was designed so that laity and clergy had equal power in the structure because you are the church. Your service to the church is what makes the church thrive. When you show your passion for the church, when you invite people here, that is what spurs church growth. There was a time when it was thought that a good pastor is what grows a church, but that's not entirely true. A good preacher can preach a good sermon. A good administrator can manage church operations. A pastor can provide excellent pastoral care. But you, the people of God, are what makes the greatest impact on church growth. Your invitations to worship are what draws people here. When you invite people to lunch bunch or your children to vacation Bible school, when you invite folks to a chili cook-off or to a coffee hour, you are being the church. When you tell your friend that she should come to Bible study or you pick them up and bring them to worship, you are being a disciple maker. You are serving God and loving your neighbor. You see, church is a foreign thing to most people now. They don't know what we do here or why we do it. It's only through their trust in you that they will come to find out. So be present yourself and invite someone else to be present with you. Be a witness to what church is. Be a witness to what you believe. Your presence also directly impacts how we live out our service and our prayer vows. I don't know if you've ever heard of a ministry of presence. There are times that I, as a pastor, am called to help at a time when someone just needs someone. And with them. You have done this same sort of ministry of presence. You have sat with others when they needed someone to sit with them, to be with them, because that is what the church does. That is what we have vowed to do. Our presence takes on hands and feet at times when we serve in mission together. Our mission team takes their job very seriously here. They collect money and items all throughout the year And these funds and things that you give will go forward to make a difference, both on the local level and on the international level. Through our collections for Operation Christmas Child, Blanket and Tool Sunday, and the six United Methodist Giving Sundays, your money is making a difference all around the world. Scholarships are being paid. Children are going to school. Young people are hearing the gospel. Through UMCOR, your dollars are helping first responders to be the first on the scene at natural disaster sites around the U.S. and around the world. Here, locally, our mission team supports local charities through the designation of funds from Leanne Wolf. These funds have been a gift that Leanne left our church at her passing, and they continue to serve this community, and hopefully they will for a long time to come. The missions team votes twice a year, and they add their own money, money that's given by you to missions, to add to the Leanne Wolf Funds to round out a nice donation to local charities. We also support First Call for Help monthly. We've given funds to the Sharing Kitchen for their Christmas program, as well as supporting the Salvation Army's Angel Tree Program. Your donations of items and funds has made a difference a real tangible difference in our community and around the world. Your presence, your giving, your talents. I can't tell you how many souls meals have been provided to people in need, to those who are unable to cook for themselves, those who are sick, and you have been present in serving at the Sharing Kitchen over seven different dates this year serving those who come for a hot meal and for warm fellowship. You have served with your time each time you sign the cards that Cheryl sends out to our shut-ins and to those who are sick, reminding them that they are part of this church and they're loved. Those signatures make a difference. Members of this church share their time and talents by making centerpieces for local nursing homes each and every month. Did you know that? There are also dedicated volunteers who serve our church by decorating our fellowship hall with seasonal decorations. Wait till you go down there today. No one expects these selfless acts of love toward our church, but they are noticed, they are appreciated. All of these wonderful acts of charity help our faith community to live out our vows of presence and prayers and service. And I wanted to say thank you today. In the past, I have found it strange that we ask folks to financially support our church. It's one of our vows, but then we don't really talk about what a difference those funds make. We don't really talk about where that funding goes. And so I'm going to speak frankly here today. Your money allows us to do all of the things that we do in ministry. All of the things that I've been talking about. Your giving financially supports salaries for Pastor Amy and for me, as well as the administrative assistant here, our organists, and the cleaning personnel for our church. Your giving ensures that Pastor Amy and I have health insurance. You also help me to offset the cost of my education. Your giving helps with that, as does our church's apportionment dollars because I qualify for scholarships through the conference. And speaking of apportionments, our parish has received over $5,000 back in conference grants to help offset the cost of some technology improvements that the Southern church needs and also the cost of books and materials for a book study that we'll be doing next year. The conference greatly believes in the work that you're doing, the work that we're doing across our parish, and they want to support us in any way that they can. Your ministry dollars help us to care for our building and for the parsonage. Most of you probably aren't aware that during the past 18 months, The trustees of this church, who serve with their time and their talent, oversaw projects such as the repair and maintenance of the organ, computer upgrades for the office and for our AV desk so that we could live stream. They also replaced the boiler at Patchwork's house, had masonry work done on the front of our beautiful sanctuary building, and had the windows along the alley side of the building repaired and repainted. The trustees allow the building to be utilized by members of the community. For example, we allow the Impact Youth Program to come and use the gym once a week during the colder months. There's a martial arts group that uses the gym for their classes. And just this past week, the Heidelberg lacrosse team used our fellowship hall for their team Thanksgiving dinner. This church is a place in our community where people can gather. And of course, the Sharing Kitchen serves thousands of meals each year and offers a place, a community, for our neighbors who need it the most. Your ministry partnerships allow us to offer Vacation Bible School, where young people hear the gospel, learn to sing praise, and enjoy time together. Vacation Bible School is a vital ministry. Adults learn as much as the kids do, Plus, there is nothing like hearing the sound of children's laughter in the sanctuary. Your ministry partnership allows youth fellowship, youth club, confirmation, and junior church, all opportunities for young people to learn about Jesus Christ. I just wanted you to know that it is because of your fulfillment of your membership vows that ministry can continue to take place here in our church for almost 200 years. You are part of a legacy of ministry and service in this community, and I just wanted to say thank you. Because I am able to serve as a full-time pastor, I'm blessed to be able to concentrate fully on ministry, and it takes all five of our churches for that to happen for Pastor Amy and I. I was bivocational for several years, and it was very difficult to juggle an outside job, family, school, and ministry. Now I'm able to streamline my focus and I'm able to be more fully present in the community as I serve with the Rotary Club of Tiffin, support the Youth Asset Builder Program, serve with community members on the St. Francis Community Development Board, and when called, I minister to families who don't have a pastor when a loved one passes away. I thought it was important, especially today, as we renew our membership vows, that you know how vital you are to the ministry of this church. You see, without you, there would just be a building here. Without your prayers, your presence, your service, your gifts, and your witness, ministry would not happen here. It just wouldn't. And I praise God for you and for the opportunity to serve here. As I said earlier Today, we are blessed to receive Charlene Pope into membership. I'd like to invite Char to come forward and to take these same vows that we have been talking about, and we will have the opportunity to renew our vows today. Everything should be up there. (laughs) But you can also look here. (laughs) Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present to you today Shar Pope for membership here at the local church at St. Paul's. Char, since the earliest times, the vows of Christian baptism have consisted first of the renunciation of all that is evil, and then the profession of faith and loyalty to Christ. These were the vows made at your baptism, but we are reminded today. And so on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin. If so, say, I do. Do Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? According to the grace given to you, will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative in the world? Congregation, I ask you, do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, say we do. Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life? And will you include this person now before you in your care? Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? If so, say we do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Shari, I ask you as a member of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? As a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Members of the household of God, I commend this person to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, to confirm her hope, and to perfect her in love. Shar, so we give thanks for all that God has given to us. And as members of this body of Christ, I speak for them, this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we all will faithfully participate in the ministries of the church alongside of you with our own prayers our own presence, our own gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything, God be glorified through Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. I present to you our sister in Christ, the newest member of our faith community, Charlene Pope. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. It's a good day in the kingdom. Amen? Amen. We have much to be thankful for. Got an email a couple weeks ago from Liz and Emily Runyon. And I can say this because she can't stop me. She's in the comfort room. And they said, Pastor, we want to step forward and... and commit to taking care of the landscaping around the church. We watched Karen Kinsler do it for many years, and we helped her many times. And we feel that we should step forward in her place. So Karen will rest assured knowing that it took two people to replace her in that regard. But isn't that amazing? My heart just swelled as I thought, it's so amazing to see a next generation step forward in service to God's church, and that's how this congregation has maintained and flourished over 200 years, not just in this place, but across three different locations in town because of our presence and our prayers and our service and our gifts and our witness to what God can do in our lives. It is only through the strength given to us that we can do any of these things. And so we say, praise be to God. Let us continue.